Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Another edition of Growing in Grace. Thank you once again for taking the time out of your busy schedule, your busy schedule to uh, join us here. I'm Mike Kapler, Joel Brzezinski, as always, with me again. And we're going to be talking about uh, the goodness of God's unconditional love, His grace, His mercy, and and how it applies to us who are now under this thing we call the New Covenant, Joel. The New Covenant. And that is an important thing right there. (laughs) Just the fact that we're under a New Covenant. You know, a lot of people cap. I know I used to do this. I used to pick up my Bible. And no matter where I opened up my Bible to, whether it was the Old Testament or the New Testament, I would just read the thing thinking this is all supposed to be for me. It, you know, it all applies to me one way or another. But there is indeed a new covenant. There was an old covenant, and it had its purpose. And right now we're in a new covenant. It's a completely new thing. It's, you know, the old has gone. The new has come. The new isn't old covenant part two. It's not a continuation of the old covenant. It's a brand new thing. And it's something that we really need to pay attention to, you know, the fact that it's it's something new. And the point is new. It's new. It's brand new. And we're living in it. Yeah, there's times where I wish maybe this wouldn't be right, but it, it sticks in my head. So I'll go ahead and say it. There are times, Joel, the, the way the Bible is laid out, you know, we have uh, the, the New Testament and the Old Testament, and there are times where I wish Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were listed under the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that before, and you might not even agree with me on that, but I, I think it might help people have a little more clarity and understanding that the New Covenant really wasn't implemented until after Jesus died and rose again. That's when the New Covenant really began, and so there's a lot of confusion sometimes about just assuming the new covenant started when when Jesus showed up on the scene when he was really a a prophet so to speak the son of god yes but a prophet operating under the old covenant yeah and it's it's very important to to note all that because you're you're right even though you know it's laid out in a certain way like you say Matthew Mark Luke John is how we start the so-called canon of the new testament so much of what was said and done uh, so much of what Jesus said and did was actually old covenant stuff and it was in, and like you said it wasn't until his death it's not until somebody dies that a new testament or that a covenant comes into place and so it's very important to know that stuff we talked about a lot of stuff check out our past programs for that uh but it maybe it's it's sort of a foundation to get into what we're going to be talking about uh, for the next few programs i suppose because well, you know, it's a, it's and, and first of all, as as we get into what we're going to talk about, we're going to be talking about some perhaps controversial stuff in in the church today, even in the new covenant, you know, in in the gra- people who believe in God's grace in in the same way that we do. Perhaps it's controversial, and we want to say as we start off talking about this, about the subject of tithing and giving, uh just like anything else we say, we're just going to be sitting here sharing our thoughts, just a casual conversation, and you are free, as free can be, to either agree with us on some things, to disagree with us on other things, or, or whatever. We're just uh, laying out some thoughts, and uh, you know these are thoughts that Cap and I have had over the years, and uh, we're finally getting down to 
to talking about this issue. And so, again, you know, just listen. And uh, if you have any thoughts that uh, agree with us or disagree with us, we'd sure we'd love to hear from you and and to see what you think on this as well. And uh, one way, of course, you can do that is to get a hold of us on Facebook or go to graceroots.org and uh, find out how to contact us there. But Cap, the uh, whole uh, issue of <laughs> tithing and giving. Uh, I don't know. Where should we start with this? <laughs> well, you know, this is really a subject that you and I, I don't think we've ever really addressed it, at least not in any detail uh-huh. here after five years of doing this program. And I'm not even sure, to be honest with you, that you and I have discussed this in, in great lengths together uh, outside of our program. Uh, I have, um, I, I know that we, we've discussed it some, but but not so much on the program itself. And so I know you've got a lot of thoughts on this, and, and I've got some too. And I know you've written a lot of blogs on the subject of tithing because uh, where I've come from and probably where a lot of people have come from if they grew up in the church world, we were required to tithe. It was a requirement. In fact, I've heard more than one minister say you pay your tithes. You don't just give your tithe. You don't give that 10%. You pay it. You pay that. And then if you want to give more either to the church or something else, then, then you, you, know, you, you give that. Uh, and so that's what I was brought up with for years. And, of course, there was also this doctrine, which I'm not sure we even need to get into this right away, but there there was this doctrine that gets passed around from time to time that as you give, God will give back to you when it comes to your finances in, in relation to the tithe. As far as what scriptures you want to start with, Joel, I don't know. I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is in Malachi, mm-hmm. where over the years people ruthlessly use that to talk to people about tithing. And let me also say that if this takes a program or two or three to talk about this subject, we are going to talk about New Covenant giving and, and giving with grace and how that should apply in our lives. But to start things out with, we're going to talk about the tithe and whether or not it relates to us today under this New Covenant. Mm-hmm. It is important, you know, before we get into talking about, well, what is giving in the New Covenant, uh, definitely to uh, what happens in my mind, what goes on in my mind when I think about talking about all this is breaking down, in order to set a proper foundation, you kind of got to break down the common mindset, the mindset that's out there, and then rebuild from that point on. And so, in a sense, that's kind of what we're going to do here. And I think Malachi 3 is a good place to start because, like we were talking about, there's a difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Old Covenant had a purpose, and and there was an actual system in place that God had set up. God had set this system up for a purpose, and there were certain functions, certain ministries, certain groups of people under that covenant. The whole tithing thing was set up for a specific reason, and like you say, uh, when uh, the church talks about tithing these days, that's the go-to verse is Malachi 3, (laughs) and Without reading the whole thing, uh, let's talk about what was being said there. Malachi was talking to the Jews. God was essentially rebuking the Jews for not tithing. Remember, this wasn't written to the church. This was written in the Old Covenant to Old Covenant people, to the people that were under that covenant, and it was for a reason. What had happened was, the tithes, the, the tithing laws had been set up. They'd been set in place, again, for a specific reason. There were 12 tribes in Israel. The 12th tribe were called the Levites. 
they were set aside, these Levites were, they were set aside for a specific purpose, a specific reason. They had duties and functions, and one thing that hadn't that God hadn't given to the Levites, to make a long story short, is that the the other 11 tribes, they had what's, what the Bible calls an inheritance. They had uh, land where they could grow their own crops. They had animals that they could kill and eat, and so many other things that the Levites didn't have, because God wanted the Levites to, f- to focus on, on their duties under that covenant. And so what God had those 11 tribes do, who did have their own inheritance, who did have their own food and their own animals, their own crops and all that, he said, you guys, I want you to provide for that 12th tribe, the Levites. So you take, and, and that's how the tithing laws were set up. It was to provide for those, for that specific tribe. And so what happened by the time we get to Malachi was that the Jews had had forsaken uh, the Levites had had forsaken what they were supposed to do to provide for them, and so Malachi, you know, the Lord through Malachi was rebuking those uh, those people for not tithing. That's really what that was all about. Okay, so and and somebody might make the case, Joel, that tithing really started with with Abraham, which was uh, hundreds of years before the law was implemented. So, is tithing a part of the law or is it not? <laughs> <laughs> there is definitely uh, there are definitely things to talk about in there too as well cap because you're right um we get to um genesis and we and we see what happened with abraham and and this is another thing where i think we really need to look at the whole story we need to really look at everything that happened and the reason it happened instead we kind of zoom in at least this is how i've taught it uh, how i've heard it taught in the church you know abraham's tithe uh well see we go to this story in Genesis, we see that Abraham gave 10% to Melchizedek, and see, that was before the law, and so even if the tithing is, even if we're not supposed to tithe because of the law, see, Abraham did that, and so we're supposed to, you know, WWAD, what would Abraham do? Well, he tithed, and so we need to tithe too, but you look closer at that story, Cap, and you see that so many things happened there that that we ignore. Uh, for one, uh, Abraham didn't even tithe out of his own stuff. Believe it or not, it was those two wicked cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> this is before all the uh, wicked stuff was happening, supposedly. And uh, what had happened was some uh, kings all got together and went to war. And another long story short, they took Lot, which is Abraham's nephew, they took him and his family and, and all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and all of their stuff you know, they captured all of that stuff, and so Abraham gathered up 318 people of his of his uh, the servants in his household, and Abraham went and recaptured all of that stuff. And Melchizedek comes along, who uh, we find out in Hebrews seven. Uh, Hebrews seven. We'll have to get into this next time. Melchizedek comes along, and Abraham gives 10 percent of the plunder that he had retrieved that was Sodom and Gomorrah's stuff, and he gave that to Melchizedek. And we'll have to pick up on that next time. We've got a couple minutes left here, I guess. But, uh, again, the point being that Abraham didn't even tithe of his own stuff. Uh, it was uh, it was stuff that belonged to um, Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, yeah, and even though Abraham may have, even if you want to make the case that Abraham tithed before the law, Abraham also sacrificed animals. Does that mean we should be sacrificing animals today? Of course, becoming animal sacrifices became a huge part of the law, as tithing did. 
And so that doesn't mean that we necessarily are, are doing that today under, under the new covenant. Yeah, Abraham was circumcised, and that happened before the law. Uh, you know, if, if we really want to look at what Abraham did, this, this one-time tithe, this one time that he gave 10% to Melchizedek, then we need to look at everything Abraham did and say, well, Abraham did that stuff before the law, and so we, you know, Abraham had a child when he was 100 years old, Cap. <laughs> Shouldn't we all <laughs> wait till we're 100 and our wives are 90? Uh, in order to have our our first uh, firstborn child, you know, it, you know, if you really think about it, it gets kind of ridiculous to think that just because Abraham did this one thing, that we should do the same thing. Yeah, and uh, don't forget about the the first son Abraham had with another That's woman. Right. I, I don't think we should necessarily subscribe to that method either. Exactly. So uh, we'll pick up we'll pick up on this again because uh, as I said, he, Hebrews seven. Uh, I love what Hebrews seven says because it's another go-to verse that the church uses to say, see, we should tithe, but we're going to break down Hebrews 7 a little bit uh, that, that where it talks about Abraham's tithe, and we'll show you how uh, really the whole point of Hebrews 7 and the whole book of Hebrews, as we've talked about before, was to show that the new covenant was superior to the old covenant, and that's really what Hebrews 7 is saying. So, hey, you know, again, you're free to agree with us or to disagree with us. We're just sharing some thoughts here. And we do appreciate your feedback, of course, as always. And so we'll pick this up again next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard weekly on Gracewalk Internet Radio and other online sources around the world. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.